Welcome to The Coaching Podcast with Simon Blair and Emma Doyle, the show that explores how to coach for success in both sport and business. Simon is owner and founder of Five Degrees and is a customer experience coach specializing in sales and customer service for contact centers. Emma is a performance coach, mentor and speaker with more than 20 years experience in coach education, both in Australia and around the world. In this episode of The Coaching Podcast, Simon interviews our featured guest, Jeff Soldenstein. Jeff is a mental performance coach and founder of TennisEvolution.com, an online education and coaching resource that has positively impacted thousands of players of all levels from beginners to top touring pros around the world using his cutting-edge teaching methods. Jeff was a top 100 ATP professional in singles and doubles and was the oldest American to ever break into the top 100 in the world after the age of 30. During his 11-year pro career filled with injuries and setbacks, Jeff was determined to discover simple methods to make tennis learning easy and fun for himself and for all players committed to improving. He's passionate about peak performance in the areas of nutrition, fitness, injury prevention, mindset and much, much more. Hello and welcome to the Coaching Podcast. I'm Emma Doyle here with Jeff Solzenstein, who's uh, just a really interesting guy. Um, I, I love the way he thinks, and that's why I really want him on the show. Not only has he been top 100 in the world, um, broke into that when he was at the age of 30, which is just remarkable, um, and, you know, US... Uh, USPTA or USTA high performance coach um, and uh, just a brilliant surfer really I, I listened to his presentation on the serve the other day uh, beautiful lefty swinging serve um, we'll get straight into the questions Jeff the first one is the Vegemite question you either love it or you hate it what's your take I absolutely cannot stand it <laughs> it's the whole thing just I just don't get it okay. you Aussies I don't yeah. get it yeah so in that case you can either then tell share a moment of like a, the worst coaching moment or your best coaching moment either of the two what's what comes to mind oh put me on the spot you know the reason why I'm having a hard time coming up with my best coaching moment is because there's been so many little nuggets along the way and and I guess for me since I'm not really coaching a lot on the court anymore I'm doing a lot of uh, behind the scenes, behind my computer with my online business, teaching online tennis instruction. I'd like to pick two. One is when I'm on the court and I do see that a player, it, they have a breakthrough. They see some, they, they figure something out, the, the light bulb goes off. And again, I've had that happen on many occasions. There isn't just one that stands out. So I'm really proud of those moments. And it's the times when, you know, you're, you're on a court. In my case, maybe I'm on a public court somewhere, you know, working with a student and I see they have that breakthrough and no one's around and it's just that aha moment. And then the other one that really stands out to me is now I'm helping an online community, you know, hundreds, thousands of people all over the world are being able to access our online instruction. And when I get testimonials from people that they've transformed their game in two weeks, you know, they've jumped multiple levels, it's changed their lives, it's made them more positive off the court. So the fact that I've, I've never met these people before and they're buying my courses and they're tuning into my emails 
uh, that has a huge impact on mm. me, and mm. uh, that's that's very special to me. Mm. Mm. Great. And the next question, Jeff, is the sliding doors question. You know when you think your life is going this way and something happens or you meet someone and you end up turning left instead of right? Was that was that a person? Was it a moment? What, what was, I mean, we have multiple as, as coaches, but is there one that sticks out for you? Absolutely. I have a, a brother who, uh, when I was transitioning from the pro tour to start coaching, which ultimately led me to create my online business, he was having some personal challenges, and it was very unexpected in how we all came together uh, when he had this challenge, and I decided to uh, help him out. And at that point, when I decided to help him out, I, I stopped playing pro tennis. That day, I drove back to Denver, Colorado, and started uh, high-performance coaching with juniors. That was my next career. And then, of course, a couple years later, that led me into creating my first website, which was Jeff Salzenstein Tennis, and now it's TennisEvolution.com. So, yeah, I never would have foreseen that that would have happened, but I, I thank my brother for his challenges, who, he, by the way, he's doing mm, a lot better now, great. Uh, but that was a huge turning point in mm, my life. Mm, mm, what a gift in, in a roundabout way. Mm-hmm. Um, in one maximum of three words, what do you think makes a great coach? Three words. Passion. Awareness. Growth mindset. Love it. Four words. Love it. Love it. What a great interview there with Jeff and awesome opportunity for me to, to interview such a such a wonderful guy, beautiful person. And what I really liked most about his when he you know, when he I asked him about um, his best coaching moment. He he kind of hesitated and really had to think about it. And then he talks about the little moments, the little ahas. And as coaches, you know, it's this whole thing about celebrating at the end of our day because we do make a difference. And sometimes we might not even realize. It's just, it's like, it's like you're turning the big wheel so slowly when you're chipping away day in, day out that you don't realize what an impact and what a difference you can make. I, I just really loved the, you know, the whole light bulb when something happens in, in that other person where you just go, oh, I am making a difference. It is worthwhile. And, uh, and I love that he picked up on that in the little aha moments. Yeah, that's for me, Emma, that's, that's very much what I responded to with what Jeff was saying. And like when in my coaching career and, and, and uh, uh, those I coach, um, so I'm always looking for that. I'm always I, 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 that's that's the bit that excites me mm. is uh, seeing the doing the hard work, knowing that you know it takes time. Yes, yeah. You know, it's all about I mean, what I do is about helping people form new habits. Well, I suppose for any coach, I mean, ultimately that's what you're trying to create is yes um, something that's not normal currently mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. become normal, mm. uh, and that process of improvement is not linear if you were to plot it on a graph it's absolutely uh, uh, and i think the the concept or the reality of those aha moments really reflects um those leaps forward that that occur when 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 those breakthroughs uh happen but it's the enjoyment of seeing it reflected in yeah in the person Mm, Uh, mm. you can you can 
see the 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 switch mm. has been has, has been flipped. Yeah, and the change in their physiology, you, yeah. you can really see it. And then, and then he brings up as his second, you know, best coaching moments, um, potentially where you can't necessarily see that 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 physiology change in the person because of his online business mm. and talking about impacting um on a, on a greater scale um and i could i i completely relate to that in the last three years when i decided i wanted to impact one to many uh through presentations through speaking through traveling around the world you know you can you can do a presentation and you know, um, like in Rome last year, you've got 4,000 coaches in the audience. You, you don't know whether you've had an impact. You don't know whether that presentation actually um, you know, made a difference in someone's life. And then, you know, he talks about getting that feedback or getting that email. Um, and only about four weeks ago, I had um, an, an Australian tennis coach who's in Turkey. And, uh, and Yasmin contacted me and she said, Emma, I was in Israel at an ITF tournament. And somebody said to me, do you know Emma Doyle? And Yasmin's like, yeah, I, you know, I worked, worked with Emma, you know, last couple of years. And uh, she's like, how do you know Emma Doyle? It's like, oh, well, I don't really know her, but I saw her present, you know, uh, in Turkey at the, um, the ITF conference last year and I've been following her online and, and I, don't, I don't know this coach. Um, mm. But, you know, a female coach in Israel at an ITF tournament meets, you know, an Aussie coach. and There's a connection. Um, There's obviously just that, that emotional, from her perspective, that yes. emotional link connection yes. to you. Yes, Based on how yeah. you were and your energy and your message. And- Correct. And Yasmin was like, Emma, you know, you need, you, like, it, it, you need to continue in this space and make a difference. And, and hearing those little, you know, again, little nuggets, as, as Jeff said, that that's what keeps us going. That's what it's like. Yeah, this this is worthwhile, you know. Especially, um, you know, in tennis conferences in particular. That it it's non paid. So a lot of the time when you know we do go and impact at, at conferences, and you think, oh, you know, what an amazing lifestyle. Um, it, it's almost like you know there has to be that bigger purpose of why you're doing it, and what drives you to do it. So um, so the impact we make sometimes isn't always that obvious to us. Yeah, and it can come out in some surprising ways, and mm. um, you know whether you know. I think I've mentioned to the, uh, this to you before with uh, my uh, days of junior basketball coaching, and uh, where I was, I was coaching like eleven-year-olds, twelve-year-olds, both yeah. uh, boys' teams and, and girls' teams, and where you know uh, I was playing basketball in, in a men's senior competition, like, like half a dozen years later after this particular team I coached, and this uh, this. Um, young man and and uh, his his mum uh, kept looking at me from a distance. And I thought, oh, what have I got something on my face? Yeah. <laughs> um, and they approached me, and I thought, oh, I don't know where I know you guys from. And it turns out it was one of the kids that I coached yes. in my very first season. Uh huh. And here he was playing basketball, and his mum was still coming to watch him. He would have been like nineteen or twenty, mm, mm. and. Their need to come up to me and just tell me how impactful mm. and enjoyable yes. uh, th- those that f- his first early days of basketball were, yes. Yes. and here he is still playing, and yes. just that need to engage and mm. that al- that lasting, mm. uh, I suppose, emotional impact. resonance and mm. impact mm. Um, in, in whatever way that is. Yeah, yes. I don't want to overstate it, but yeah. just as a, as an amateur sports coach of yes. kids, you, you know, you go from one kids team. To the next, they grow up, they move on. Mm, mm. <laughs> you don't see them, and mm, mm. but 
Those right. moments just make you pull pull you into the reality of, of their experience. Yes, because um, you can't really get a good sense of that mm. from your perspective. So and that role yeah, I love it. Role models, isn't yeah. It? Well, yeah, and it makes you realise. Just, yeah. just and I think it's so important with kids sport. If you're a coach in kids sport, which mm. I'm sure you know, but the you know it's the the president of the club that got me into coaching. He always said to me, "They will hang on every word you say." Yes. So be bloody careful about what you say because I was a 19 year old you know yes yes and I always that was the main message you didn't really give me any other instruction apart from that and Mm, uh, mm. so yeah it's language does does Mm. and then uh his sliding doors moment talks about coming off the tour and uh one of you know one of the the reasons around that um discusses his brother and, and some personal challenges there and how it was one of the best things that he's ever done. And in, in creating then that, that was the catalyst to kickstart his, his online business. And I think if we really are honest and we really reflect on our own life, um, I know for me uh, one, of the, one of the reasons why I turned left instead of right and decided to get out of tennis um, and have, have that sabbatical year was, you know, because of some personal challenges as well. And I think... That was really raw and really honest um, about, you know, it's okay when, when things happen, when, when challenges, you know, you do what you need to do to, to get through. And that's, that's important that we, we, we do take care of ourselves, and we take care of our health and we take care of our family and what's most important to us. And, you know, because coaching can be all-consuming. Um, and in his case, you know, playing on the tour and, and being top 100 in the world, the, the enormity that goes with that and the number of weeks on the road, etc., is, is, is humo- you know, it's huge. So, you know, I think it's, it's just take a deep breath, reflect and look after yourself, look after what's important to you. And sometimes when we're in it, when we're in that, you know, on the road and going from one tournament to the next, it, it's hard to sometimes rise above and, and see what's most important to us or, you know, if there's if there's something going on back at home that you need to deal with or you need to address. Um, and it's often only when, you know, unexpected events happen, happen in our lives that, yes. that rip you into that, that different perspective and that yes, different headspace. Absolutely. Really important. Take stock. Absolutely. Mm. Terrific. Um, so... Emma, what else uh, from what Jeff said? Uh, the three, the, what makes came, a great coach? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we heard passion again. Uh, we've heard that now. It's coming through, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. love what you do. Love, you know, the the love for coaching really can drive drive that um, the spirit, the get up every day, the motivation. Um, it's really important. Then he says awareness. And then uh, he, he cheekily uh, grabbed four words in um, growth, growth mindset. Passion, awareness, growth mindset. And when you actually get to speak to Jeff, he, he, you can see he's constantly thinking. And he's constantly looking at uh, a situation from a different angle. Uh, really liked his presentation. And, you know, even, even at the World Conference, his presentation, he did a needs analysis first. Hey, coaches out there, what are your biggest challenges on the surf? And then took those challenges and addressed them on the spot. So, you know, you have to have a growth mindset to do that. 
yes, there's a level of preparation in his presentation, but for him to put himself out there on the spot like that, you have to have really good awareness of, of yourself and where you're at. And then to be able to open up your mind to be able to impact, you know, the, those coaches. Um, growth mindset, what, what are your thoughts there? Um, yeah, it's it's conjures up a number of things for me. And um, it's that, and I think it's so important for all, all coaches, which I think that's, it's one of, it taps into one of those, I think if you're passionate about being a coach as opposed to something that's just been thrust upon you. Yes. Yeah, you know, you've made choices to become a coach and invested in that and, and you've had a career in that or are developing a career, then I think a growth mindset is probably one of those common things between between all of us because ultimately that's that's what your whole all the bits and pieces working together mm. is what you're enabling. Yes. Is is growth, evolution, development and keep pushing forward. Yes. Uh, being open yourself to new things and yes. developing your own competency, which is so your own growth. Mm. So I think a mindset for yourself, mm. that's a growth mindset rather than, oh, well, I'm a, I've been an expert here and now I'm a coach and I know, know it all. Yes. And I'll just keep honing the same message because I know it works yes. without ever evolving that. Mm. So I think from the coach's perspective, the need for growth mindset, uh, and then obviously that that is what you're trying to imbue within those that you're helping yes students clients players and exactly you know i think um talking to a a teacher friend of mine uh the other day you know this this growth mindset in schools you know if this can be embedded in the curriculum in that you know the primary school that those early developmental years just i think it's so important i think if they if they are taught from a young age at, at school how to develop growth mindsets how to problem solve how to not give up, then that being reinforced through sport um, is just going to put, uh, you know, our children in amazing situations as adults. Well, I think, uh, Emma, I mean, growth, the other things that, from what you just said there that uh, flows from a growth mindset is, you know, one of the things I keep hearing is the the greatest gift you can develop in in kids and for adults to be effective in their lives, and that's resilience. Mm. Yeah, because stuff mm. happens. Yes, uh, to all of us. Yes, and it is that philosophy of never quit, never yes. give up. Yes, keep moving forward. Yes, I'm going to sing. I'm going to break out. <laughs> I get knocked down, but I get up. Yeah, again. okay. Uh, moving on. <laughs> okay, quick personal story. I sang at my sister's wedding. I'll have wow. you know, I did. I did. It was my only chance. It was a live band, live audience. I know you had your moment in the Philippines. I've, I've had a few moments. You, uh, no doubt. <laughs> in different locations. I've had one moment. And, uh, uh, I'll give and you your was, moment. Tell us Okay. So uh, I decided, uh, so it was a long, long time ago. I can still remember. You did how, American Pie. Yeah. How Kaz and Dave first met. And I knew if I had my chance right. that so I could a, teach so it was Dave a parody. how to dance and maybe Kaz would be happy for a while. And then it was uh, then I and then I jumped into um, Sweet Home Yak and Dander. Oh my! Sweet Home God. Yak and Dander, where the skies are so blue. Sweet Home Yak and Dander, we're all coming to visit you. Wow, how true is that? I I love going up the Hume Highway and going to visit my sister. And the reason that I've even she's even come to mind with this whole I've gone off on a tangent, but it's because she's a teacher, and she's a brilliant teacher. 
she's art is her background and uh she the way she uses art to engage the children and allow them to go in 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 lots of different tangents and and build these skills and 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 country schools talk about resilience and and you know um overcoming adversity and and challenges and um being in the outdoors and how to how to problem solve out there and care around animals and you know the, the certain things that come with the way that she teaches and the environment that my my niece and my nephew are growing up in that is is just brilliant and um, really important in what we're talking about here um, yeah. minus my of course lucky I'm a good coach we, <laughs> I'm nervous to even have a listen to how that sounded that's all right we can we can edit put some put some effects on. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so look, that, that's that's terrific, and mm. I, th- I think um, the, the 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 development of that ability to not give up, not to quit, um, to realise that you just got to you have no choice, mm. you have no choice but to just keep going, yes, and 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 push through. Yeah. Well, of course you've got a choice, but it's it's not yes. it's an unpleasant. The consequences of giving yep. up can be unpleasant. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and that's not. It's different to you know, changing tack and realizing that this thing isn't right for you. It's not fulfilling. It's not a good thing, and you can do something different. That's not what we're talking about. Um, I think that growth mindset is when you have committed to something mm. that is uh, something you wish to achieve, or you know you you need to achieve. Then, uh, yeah, realizing as a coachee that um, with the support of a, of a coach that's instilling that, that mm, growth mindset, mm, mm. Uh, that anything is possible. Yes. And the reason they're pushing you is because they already know what you can become. Yes. Because they've been there, done that yes. for themselves. They've yes. done it in others they've coached. Yes. Uh, that, um, that trust, mm. that trust to keep pushing through and, uh, and yeah. those moments, those aha moments that he mentioned mm. will, will happen. And I think that gets you, that, that taps into that growth mindset. Mm-hmm. Got to have those little wins along mm, the, along which, the way, which brings us to the importance of mentors, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I know um, I have I have a number of mentors, maybe too many at times. Um, however, I really you know because I'm looking to to be the best version of myself, I I kind of look to you know like a as I said, literally I'm fortunate to to be able to ha- spend time with a Jim Lua, and say right, how do I how can I be more like him? When, when I present and then, you know, I have another great mentor on, on the business side of, of my life. How can I be? And then I have a book writing, you know, writing my book. I have a mentor there. So, mm. you know, tapping into mentors and actually paying for their time and their service um, is just money well spent. In, in, it's investing in yourself. And that's that's also, you know, when you do you trade, trade the, the not time for money, but you invest in yeah, I'm going to um, uh, sign up for this person's program because I know that it's going to get me to that next level. That's money well spent. That's that's mm. a great investment. I've done a fair bit of that recently. Mm. You know, um, where it's been quite challenging in my business, just you know, as it often is with small business with cash flow, et cetera, at different points in time. And, yes. Uh, and I've got a need to you know work on my business. Um, yes. That's, you know, let's. This whole podcast is in that, isn't there? In yes. terms of the, you know, the challenges of uh, you know working in being the practitioner as well as then trying to you know grow grow uh, opportunity within you within your organisation. So, yes. but yeah, investing in um, uh, you know those that have got the runs on the board, 
been there, done that, yes, and, and have refined their own approach, and now want to give that back to the world. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be, uh, yes, yeah, so, I mean, I suppose coaches and mentors come in many forms. It can be through a, a program where mm. you get to access. Uh, an individual um, yes. through something you've paid for, but it could be in an informal through a relationship that you've established with someone yes. Yes. who you trust and respect, who's you know got a set of skills or a mindset. That the fact that this you can really get a, a number of different people can be mentors as you for yourself, Correct. different facets of your life. Mm. Um, mm. But I think the key thing is to someone who's removed from your day to day. Yes. Because it's that whole external mm. perspective mm-hmm. that is so important that they bring to the table. Yes. Uh, it's, it's something that I do for my clients. I've mentioned it before. I, they, what mm. they get from me is a customer perspective. Mm. It's because I'm external. Mm. So I'm mentoring, coaching. But there are certain individuals that I also function as mentors, certainly those that are coaches in their own right mm. within, within my clients. Uh, and it's that external perspective that is so, so valuable yes. because when you're in it, you can't see the forest for the trees. Yes. I call it Hawkeye. Rise above. Ah, yes. You know, like, like just a, the tennis analogy, but that's that's my little coaching model for that. You know, what's what would Hawkeye say in a situation, especially when I'm dealing with um, with parents? Yeah. So, um, so I think it's – should we go to Jeff's question for the coaching podcast? Yeah, let's do it. You're listening to The Coaching Podcast, brought to you by Five Degrees, Australia's number one in call quality monitoring and coaching for contact centres. Visit Five Degrees, spelt F-I-V-E, at fivedegrees.com.au to find out how you can supercharge your sales and customer service efforts. And The Coaching Podcast, also brought to you with thanks to Emma Doyle, international speaker, mentor and performance coach, specialising in communication, women in leadership and coach education for players, parents, clubs, schools and coaches right around the world. Visit emmadoyle.com.au and discover your inner coach today. Finally, we'd like to um, ask you if you have a question for the coaching podcast, something that, you, that you'd like to, uh, to ask us and sometimes that triggers our next episode. So anything, sure. anything you want to ask us? Absolutely. So I would want to know what are the of all the best coaches in the world, what are what are the consistent routines and habits that they uh, use in their daily life? How do they handle stress? And of course, I've I've looked into all this and I've studied it and I'm aware of it. But I always like to hear uh, different opinions from mm. from different uh, people in different walks mm. of life and how they're successful and how they handle stress and how they uh, create routines and habits for success. Great question. Talking about how successful people create routines and habits. When I heard the question, I immediately, um, you know, in writing at the moment, I'm writing a book, uh, Discover Your Inner Coach. And one of the, um, one of the, I've, I've, of course, employed a mentor. Um, and one thing that he said to me, he wakes up every day and he just, actually um you know physically hand writes in in his diary um i have an abundance of time or something something along the lines of i have an abundance of time to you know to find time to write my book um i'm sure i said that totally incorrectly but you get the idea a short sharp affirmation affirmation uh, statement yeah classic yeah, technique yeah. classic you know it um t- time is created easily and effortlessly um i find in every day 20 minutes to write my book 
and just writing out whatever that statement is. And he, he writes that every day. And I thought to myself, at the start, yes, I was on it. I was like, I was going great. I'm up to chapter three and I was doing 20 minutes a day and I was finding the time in my day. And then, of course, what happened? Life gets busy and then I think, yep, I'll catch up with my 20 minutes and then, you know, on the weekend. And I did that for one weekend and then all of a sudden it, it lapsed for me and then I found myself overseas where it was an incredible, incredibly busy schedule. Um, and I was, you know, wasn't able to, to, to hit those 20 minutes. And, um, so, you know, it's very easy to, to listen to somebody else's, what they do and what works for them. I think the one thing in, in creating a habit and a routine, you've got to find what works for you. And so I've, I've put in place a different strategy, a different solution around getting getting this completed, this book completed, because it will happen, I promise you that, Simon. And um, <laughs> I'll hold you to that. Yeah, you will. Maybe we need a regular update each yeah, episode yeah. just to keep you on track. Well, put it this way, <laughs> I, I have um, finished my first draft. So I have been able to – I put a strategy in place around that that, that created an, a habit in a different way to get it done. Are you so, – can I can, – you told me something mm, – uh, a couple of days ago about your breakthrough yes. in writing this book. Yes. And I was gobsmacked in terms of how impressive it was in terms of the, the sheer time and effort and the volume of output that you you created. Just yes. for our listeners, just yes. do you mind sharing? No, that? no, no. I would I would love to. So I had um, an opportunity that at, at the time it didn't feel like an opportunity. So I had a contract um for a week and in which case because i had this contract i had blocked out my entire schedule uh and then which was meant to be you know a, a gig from a tuesday to a saturday so on the friday afternoon before i was starting that gig uh the contract fell through and i was you know said sorry you know you no longer needed and i was pretty you know as you do small business pretty gutted pretty devastated uh and and then it and then it hit me and it, it hit me in, in two ways. One, I an email popped into my inbox, and I love how the universe does this, where a friend of mine had said, uh, you know, Bali retreat, write, you know, write your book. And I thought to myself, oh, wow. I have, you know, when was the last time I actually had an entire week where I had nothing on? And I thought to myself, I, I can't remember last time that, that that's actually happened. And I And then I thought, Ooh, everyone thinks that I'm actually busy because I've, I'd blocked out everything for that week. That means that I could actually turn the phone off. That's a good feeling. And that means I could actually create a habit, I guess, for seven days of pouring out what's in my head that was just bursting to come out. And in, in the complete rawness of, of almost, um, you know, finding myself renting, you know, an apartment in the Docklands overlooking the city in the most inspiring view it was the perfect place to write and it just poured out of me um, each chapter took me about four hours and uh, and then I would have a break um, and even within that it was interesting too I did take I started off you know as, as kind of maximum output 55 minutes and I'd take like you know a short break and then 50 minutes and then short break and then 45 minutes and then a short break and I kind of did it like that and until I'd get the chapter done uh and I, I I've I have I've completed my first draft and I I you know that for me and writing being such a challenge 
um, throughout my course of my life is is I I am huge uh, yeah huge achievement. yeah it was a huge it was a huge moment so um, so now now the hard work really begins because I've got to go back and and actually um, fix it up but back to to habits and routines um, for me one of the one of the big ones is uh, I love to surround myself in you know I'm big into vision boards and um, and my goals and I think a habit that I have is in having that visually when I wake up in the morning being able to see it, being connected to it. And I'm a big believer in putting messages on my phone. So, you know, the phone, something we look at every day, it's, it's the screensaver. I scroll it up and, and there's my message. There's my mission. There's my purpose for whether it be that day, that week, um, or usually it's, it's, it's connected to my goals. And you're not talking about, it's not get the milk. <laughs> <laughs> Get the eggs. <laughs> correct. Correct. Get the bacon. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So it's uh, it's it's very specific, uh, and it it reminds me of and why I do what I do. So um, that's a that's one of my habits. That's what, great. What, yeah. What what about you? And uh, I just I just need to make about. a comment on mm. your the the book writing oh. story from listening to you yeah. tell that. Um, yes. It's a, I think it's a sliding doors moment for you. Yeah, definitely. And, and specifically, the moment when you realized you had that time suddenly free, mm-hmm. and I think that was critical to your headspace for output, creative creative yes. output, is knowing yes. it was distraction-free time. Correct. Um, but the sliding doors moment comes, and I think we're often faced with this. It could be that meeting gets cancelled. It could yes. free up the next just hour of time that was otherwise scheduled. And in those moments, we are all faced with a choice. Do we either try to replace that with something of that's going to positively impact your business, your growth, you know, in some way yourself, something of real value? Yes. Or are you going to watch Netflix? Yes. Yes. Because it's like in school mm. with free periods, mm-hmm. which let's face it, were meant to be study periods, yes. but they actually called them free periods. They did. So what do most kids do? Yes. <laughs> Fill it in with free time. That's stuff. it, <laughs> which is great socially when you're, yes. you know, get to later years in high yes. school. But uh, these are the choices we're made, and I can tell you the difference between you know really successful people that get stuff done. Mm. I suppose those that are real entrepreneurs versus those that like to think they are but don't is the difference between the decision they make in those moments. Yes, and the fact that you made a decision to do something so big for you. That's been sitting there for a long time. Correct, uh, is massive, and I think it's really just mm. important message mm. uh, for everyone faced with those mm. uh, those choices. Mm. And the habit, the habit or the, the routine for me in in the success of that week was actually turning you know off the phone. Yes, uh, it, it. I can't believe when it even you know you hear it vibrate on the table. You, you could put it on silent, but the minute it's like, oh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna check that. I'm gonna mm. check that. Oh. No, I'm not. I'm actually making this a priority. That's right. And that message is still going to be there. And even on the break, if, if I've only got a, a couple of minutes break time, if by the time I check it, usually I go, oh, I'll just action that. And once I action that, I'll open up my emails. And once I open up my emails, then I'll get sidetracked onto another email. So actually having the discipline to to not go down that path, that, that's a, that was a habit that, that is possible. And then if you can do it for seven days and think about 
for me how productive I was in those seven days. Imagine actually just, you know, especially at the start of the day. Is, is there things that you do in the start of your day, Yeah, Simon? That- uh, there's there's two, two relatively benign but, but I think incredibly, incredibly important um, habits that I, for myself, that, that I use. When I wake up every, every morning, uh, I, I take 15 to 20 minutes before I get out of bed and I look at the phone, but I'm not looking at messages or anything like that. I'm going to typically LinkedIn, yes, uh, which is a great resource for myself and the space that I play in. And I absorb content from those that I follow. Uh, but I'm very selective. You know, articles that require yes. a bit of reading and introspection and yes. get get the the brain ticking over. And mm. and really going back to what we said earlier, mm. what I'm wanting is in those moments, a different perspective, mm-hmm. something that shifts my thinking or gets my head space where it needs to be to mm. tackle Start the, the day. day ahead. Yeah. And often with new insight and, and, and a fresh perspective that, that comes from that. Mm. So mm. that's that's something I find really, really valuable in terms of addressing my psychology. Yes. And the other uh, task that I do, which mm. I find quite effective, uh, and it's sort of similar to something you what we, we talked about with you, Emma, and the... Uh, um, time for for yourself and being distraction free. Mm-hmm. And what I do is I make regular uh, bookings in my calendar for myself. Yes. To work on the things that is just me doing what I need to do, but I block it out and mm-hmm. I treat it with the same level of importance as if it was a meeting with someone else. Yes. Yes. And uh, and and that means you're creating that distraction free environment and sticking to that and mm-hmm. turning the phone off. Yes. And being unavailable mm. to everyone else mm. for that hour yes. or two hours. Yes. And especially when it comes to the production of content. Mm-hmm. So for, you know, it's like we're doing now with the, the podcasting. You know, we schedule it, block out a chunk of time. Yes. Let's turn off the phones. Turn off the phones. Let's go for it. Mm. And, um, yeah, I think whether you're blogging, mm. uh, creating videos, your own podcasting, whatever it is, mm. and a whole lot of other activities, you know, yes. it could be just that piece yes. of work where you just need to concentrate and do that processing and write that report or send yes. that, it, send those emails that, yes. you know, you need the uninterrupted yes. space. So. I think exercise is a big one too, isn't it? Um, you know, around health, for, for us to be the best that we can be and the best version of ourselves. I think staying healthy and being active and that moment where you take time out to exercise clears the mind, can help you look at things from a fresh perspective. And I know uh, I am fan, you know, I'm, I'm on my A game when I'm exercising three times a week. And that's my habit. And it's yep. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And it doesn't matter if I am in Lithuania, Poland, London, or Melbourne. If it's a Monday, then I exercise. And, uh, you know, that's just my habit. That's my routine. And it, it's, I, I need that too. I, I, the other thing that really helps me around those, those you know, this type of context is uh, a buddy. So I'm, I'm fantastic, especially if I have that exercise buddy. So again, I think, you know, this question is, you know, find out what works for you, you know, learn what works for others that might not necessarily work for you so find what works for you and I know you know the minute I can engage an an exercise person that's going to be there 
all of a sudden there's that accountability when you don't feel like going for that run at six in the morning. It's dark, it's cold, but, you know, your buddy's there going, come on, let's go, let's go. Emma, you've just described you and I and this coaching podcast. Yes. Having the buddy, literally two, the difference between yes. if you or I independently Started. decided to go, oh, I want to do the coaching podcast, yes. flying solo, the likelihood of that happening. happening Correct. In the time frames we want it to happen and getting content produced and yes, uh, as opposed to a buddy, yes, hold each other accountable. Come yes. on, rock and roll. One of us might not be feeling it. Yes. But no, nah, we're doing it. You're doing it. You're going to be here at this time. Let's go. Press mm. record. It's a habit. It is. It's, 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 you know, it's the routine that, that we're creating to be successful. And, uh, you know, we... I really, um, I'm interested in everybody else pondering on what their habits are and and um, and so forth. And then the second part to what he he says is um, how do how do you handle stress? And mm. I think you know that that's a really great um, a really great question. And for me, a big part of how I handle stress is again that you know the Hawkeye type. First of all, rise above it to try and really chunk it into manageable pieces because when I get in overwhelm then I'm really I'm not able to to actually you know see see the issue or the real issue or well, where the, the logical the part cause. of the brain starts to you know switch off doesn't it yes because of, because of uh, Emotion. hormones yes chemical reactions going on in your brain that's so right that stress so induces so. rise above it and and chunk it into manageable pieces and what's within my control and I think and then, and then a big part also for handling stress is then I consult my mentors in in getting advice. How how you, how would you suggest I deal with this situation? And um, and you know th- that's important to me. It's like okay, take on their advice, and always 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 don't send that email straight away. Reactive responses have never worked for me. You know you know I'm always like take action straight away. Not even, not with email. That's a- <laughs> exactly the classic write it or think about it or the phone call you have to make and make it the next day and always that next day you know you, you often for me I'll just come at it with fresh eyes and and there'll be something in that that will be really useful in helping me deal with stress um, that requires a, a fair bit of emotional intelligence it does to be able to tap into your own thought processes emotive reactions and responses yes, yes. and then to make conscious choices about whether to squish it down for that mm. period period of time mm-hmm. or see it for see it for what it is mm-hmm. but let it leave it just leave it yes don't don't just react yes and um meditation is something that uh i've so it's really been uh 2016 for me that i've created a habit around that and it did. The habit started once a week, and now it's moved to twice a week. So I'm I'm definitely not an all you know an every day, and I and I love being a complete beginner in in mindfulness and and meditation. Um, but in terms of dealing with stress, um, you know, it, it, it's interesting when when there's high levels of stress going on or, or big projects. I, I I can't believe how busy my mind is. Uh, it's just going a mile a minute. And when, you, when you're actually, you know, one meditation I do is just getting a, a tennis ball and focusing on the seams of the ball and trying to maintain my focus on the seams of the ball. Is that a um, classic mindfulness sort of technique? Oh, I don't know about classic, but... Oh, um, I don't know. Well, a technique. I, yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not yes. actually familiar with it. But it tri- yes. I saw an episode of a TV show where they, the 
character on the show was doing a mindfulness course yes. and they got him to hold a raisin and focus on the raisin and the textures of the yeah. raisin, yeah. which is what that, is, the it, tennis ball made me the, think of. It, and that's exactly what it is. Um, and I'm certainly still in the process of um, using guided you know, guided medita- meditation to, you know, to, you know, guiding me through what, where, where to put my attention and where to put my energy, my focus. Um, but in terms of doing that, making that a habit, and then when high levels of stress come up, I can do that just for even a couple of minutes, maximum five minutes. And again, I'm more productive. I feel more productive or I can look at stress from, from different, you know, different angle or through a new lens cap. And I find it really useful. That's so, uh, what, terrific. Do you, you, I'm just curious. Do you actually mm. say, be the ball? <laughs> you, that's very cheeky of you there, Simon Blair. No. No? Just, no. Just cheeky. But, but no, generally that's uh, – yeah. I think it's really, really valuable. For, it, for me with stress, uh, yes. the, what I've really tapped into – and it actually relates to meditation. Uh, without, I've never done any sort of formal meditation, but this is very meditative for me. Yes. And it's something I actually teach in my training classes for good customer service, and it's breathing, and it's diaphragmatic breathing. Mm. Um, Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm ready. I've got my hands on my diaphragm. So uh, a lot of people don't know where their diaphragm is. Mm. They've never actually. Okay. Talk us through it. Typically, we shallow breathe as adults and in the modern world, and when we're anxious or feeling stress, with that tightness across across our chest, the top of our chest, mm-hmm. uh, is where the anxiety sits. And that's where our breath tends to, when you inhale, it, it goes there and doesn't go any further. And and, and anyone out there who's um, done singing training or you might be a professional singer or even as an amateur but you're aware of singing technique, it's what um, this is some classic sort of uh, exercises that uh, singers partake in to learn how to deep breathe. You ever seen an opera singer? hitting the big note or yes. even just you know watching X Factor mm-hmm. and they put their hand on the diaphragm and the other hand is pointing up like towards the audience. They're really hitting for that high note. Yes. They're making sure the diaphragm is being activated and it's a muscle. And like every other yes. muscle, when you're not used to working it and suddenly you start using your diaphragm on a regular basis, you wake up the next day and mm. actually it will be a little bit sore and that's a good thing because you're, you're deep breathing. Okay, so talk, talk So here's talk a technique. To so here's a technique. First of all, so how do they find it? So you take three deep breaths, put your hands just below the rib cage. It's a big muscle that goes just, just below the rib cage. The best way to activate your diaphragm when you're not used to it is put both hands above your head. Straight up above your head and take three deep breaths because it's impossible not to breathe from your diaphragm from that position. And so I'm going to shallow breathe and talk now into the microphone and you can hear, listen to the sound of my voice, the pitch of my voice. Now I'm going to take three deep breaths and there's kind of vanity. It's one of the reasons we shallow breathe because your guts stick out when you hold your breath in your diaphragm. Can you hear the shift in my voice? I'm going to put my hands above my head and I've suddenly gone into a lower register just because of deeper breathing. So it makes me sound a lot more impressive than I actually am. (laughs) So uh, what that does, it actually from a physiological perspective, it actually oxygenates the blood. 
Mm. Gives you a greater kick of oxygen into your bloodstream. Mm. So when in the training room where I get staff, this is great for sales training. Mm -hmm. One of the key things, get up, move, energy. Yeah, deep breathing um, gives you power and resonance in your voice. And especially for telephone communication, really, really uh, powerful Mm. in terms of the control. But what it does is takes the stress and anxiety away. To get that tension across the top of the chest, but it puts extra oxygen into your blood, and you actually feel lightheaded yes. when you're not used to breathing from your diaphragm, yes. which is the extra hit of oxygen to mm. your brain. Mm. And I think in tennis, we talk a lot about, um, you know, obviously the between point routine. You know, you have that that snapshot of. 15 to 20 seconds and uh you know the way that you can use that in in high levels of stress situations breathing is another big thing that we tap into Mm. and there's no doubt you know breathing in for six seconds and out for six seconds can lower the heart rate Mm. so but what the mistake is it's a you hear it all the time with mm. public speaking yeah take three deep breaths before you step on the stage yes it's because of that reason to lose that level of that nervousness nervousness that can be debilitating yes taking the edge off it Mm -hmm. but what's often not said is doesn't you can shallow breathe through and it's not going to have any impact. Impact, yeah. You need to deep breathe. Deep breathe. And so the technique of diaphragm breathing is breathing, yeah. is so critical and mm. most people don't even go there. Yes. Uh, but sport, professional sports people understand it um, because of the literally the, the extra oxygen and therefore how that plays gives you benefit from endurance and yes. and everything as well. It's a, yes. it's a critical factor. And I don't know, Emma, tell me, how much in professional tennis coaching yes. is diaphragmatic breathing actually yes. a factor? Well, I, Or is it a missed op- potential opportunity it, that's I, not being Yeah, I mean, look, I, you know, um, every program's different. I, you know, all I can say is I, I learned it when I was uh, 19 and I'll never forget it. So, um, you know, that that is is important and i hope that it's being taught out there um but i don't know for sure um certainly the players that i work with generally are are not familiar with it so we do have a duty as a coach you know to educate um on the importance of it and i'll just i'll also just tap in there probably my number one tip for um handling stress um and it taps into uh, you know after the deep breathing an, an anchor and an affirmation. And for me, it's always um, that I would put my, my thumb, my index finger and my middle finger together behind any layer of, of a cross string, um, the cross and the mains on, on, on a tennis racket. And I would say, head, heart and soul, I can do it. And so the physical trigger of, of connecting those three fingers together after deep breathing combined with my affirmation always put me in the right space to play that point. In, especially in high levels of stress and and um, you know playing college tennis in America and going championship point and um, state grade pennant grand finals and now uh, as I play pennant golf, guess what I do? Three fingers together on top of the golf club. When as soon as they 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 touch the top of, the, I've anchored that state of me being ready in that moment and staying present in that moment, which of course taps into the the, the benefits of meditation. Um, There's a whole lot of science that's now coming to the fore around where it's it's been clearly established that when to affect a positive psychology, the the relationship to physical movement, yes, as a leader, as a driver of your thoughts and and, state, state, yes, and so if you're not quite feeling comfortable, a bit anxious, a bit stressed. 
bit of dancing, bit yes. of physical movement. Yes. You know, the classic athletic stance, which is the other thing that we, we cover in, in training as well, yes. believe it or not. You know, the, the flex of the knee, shoulder width apart, combined with the breathing, chin up. Projecting I, I, out. I wish all our listeners could see you right now. He, I'm telling. Well, I'm actually he, standing up. Exactly. This is why I stand up. The, exactly. the energy that flows from me standing and yes, talking with my hands. Yes, and... he's in his athletic stance, listeners. <laughs> Trust me. So athletic. <laughs> um, but deliberately, the like a mood in a training room. When I get people to do these exercises and I get them to do a little, a little bit of a jig as well. Yes. Uh, you and then they pay attention to the sound of the voice. And how it's shifted from one person to the next. Mm. And mm. Uh, there's a greater resonance and vibrancy. Mm. And vibrancy is the, you know, the, let's, we can get into quantum physics around, around that and laws of attraction and everything which we've, which we've touched on. And it's, uh, but it's real. That stuff is real. Yes. That's that energy transference. And from yes. what you've said yourself, Emma, it's that the combination of um, a physical thing you're doing. Anchor. anchor mm. Combined with a, a verbal statement powerful stuff and yeah. uh, there's a lot in the business world that uh, we can learn from i think professional mm. athletes mm. Um, and and their routines and habits to anchor them and get that headspace right just mm. before the performance yes just before the event yes um where nothing else matters you know. in that moment being ready to play that point yeah um, and that's a you know great way to handle handle stress situations in that moment. I mean, you know, it's it's oft, often the the stress is is multiplied when we think too far in the future or, mm. or too far in the past. So um, you know, let's focus on what what we can handle one day at a time, one point at a time, one moment at a time. It's it's been a pleasure speaking with you today, Simon. You too, Emma. <laughs> See you next Happy week. Happy breathing. <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to The Coaching Podcast. We'd like to thank our featured guest, Jeff Solzenstein. If you're ready to dramatically improve your tennis game, then head over to tennisevolution.com. You can discover the number one hidden mistake you're probably making on your serve, access a 21-day free trial to Tennis Evolution Plus, and you can also gain exclusive access to more than 25 of Jeff's online programs proven to help you transform your tennis. That's tennisevolution.com. And please post your responses to Jeff's question, what are the consistent routines and habits that the best coaches in the world use in their daily lives to the Coaching Podcast Facebook group? This will also give you the latest show news and allows you to interact with us directly. And don't forget to introduce yourself to the ever-growing network of coaches from around the world. You can also email the show via simon at thecoachingpodcast.com.au. If you're a fan of the show, then please leave a rating and review on iTunes and help us continue to grow our audience of coaching practitioners. The Coaching Podcast is proudly brought to you by 5 Degrees, Australia's number one in quality monitoring and coaching for contact centres. And thanks to emmadoyle.com.au, speaker, mentor, and performance coach. My name's Jane Yield, producer for The Coaching Podcast. Thanks for listening.